The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into a major edition of Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com. I am Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds. Our colleague Matt Humans will join us a little later in the program as we get you ready for the second major championship of the season with the next hour's worth of golf betting conversation. It is indeed the 103rd PGA Championship taking place in gorgeous Kiowa Island, South Carolina, home of the the ocean course and to help us break it down let's bring in our guest it is the member guest segment here on long shots and joining us once again a three-time offender now on the program he's always on board for one of golf's major championships and that is dave tyndall of course an esteemed golf writer for betfair and also william hill in the uk you can follow him on twitter at dave tyndall golf and dave welcome back to the program thank you very much for joining us yeah, thanks. Good to be back. All right, Dave, you do a, a wonderful historical trends piece where you go over every major championship and over the last 10 years, what we tend to see develop. Now, we will get to that in a bit, but away from the historical trends, what about your handicap in this event this week? We know it is the longest golf course in major championship history, yet when, uh, when Rory McIlroy won it in 2012, he really did the large part of his work around the greens. He was number one in the field in scrambling, and if you look at the leaderboard that year from 2012 it was really laden with a lot of shorter more accurate hitters so how did you approach the handicap this week again away from the historical trend aspect yeah you tend to see the length of the course and um, even back then it was the longest course in history at the time i think it was seven six seven six yards and there's rory driving distance number one and you think maybe that cracks the code but you've got david lynn who was 
um, 54th in driving distance. You've got other players outside the top 30 in driving distance. Ian Poulter's a short hitter. So, yeah, so you think, well, it, need, it needs more than that. So you point out scrambling. Rory was first in scrambling. David Lynn was fourth in scrambling. Carl Pettersson, who tied for third, he was seventh in scrambling. I think scrambling is a good one around these greens. I think they're tricky. And when you miss them, um, you've got to have a sharp, short game to, to get up and down. And Rory also putted quite well. He was 10th in putting average uh, that year. Uh, Pettersson was 7th. Others, Ian Poulter was 15th. Jamie Donaldson, another Brit, he was 4th uh, in putting average. So I think I think short game is big this week, even though you look at the card and you you can get a bit phased by the distance. I think you've got to bring your short game with you, definitely. And Dave, now that we have talked about the ball strikers and and the guys that were very good scramblers, we go back to your trends piece, that 10-year trends piece you do for Betfair. And who do we land on, the biggest hitter in the world, that being Bryson DeChambeau? And kind of take us through a little bit in terms of how you put this piece together. I know age, obviously, this has been a young man's major over the last 10 years, eight of the last 10 golfers in their 20s that have won this event so how did you narrow these factors down and in terms of your trend piece land on bryson yeah so as you say age quickly knocks a lot of the field out um eight of the last 10 in their 20s world ranking you've got to be high up the world rankings eight of the last 10 were in the world's mm-hmm. top 25 so that's important another really big one in this one is that eight of the last 10 and more if you go back further had won that season so players who hadn't got a win in this season you know historically they don't do well um recent form is another big one nine of the last 10 winners had posted a top 20 in at least one of their two previous starts so that knocks so many people out Asian in their 20s in the world's top 25 stroke play event eight um has won sorry a stroke play event this season and top 20 that immediately gets you down to um, six players. Uh, that's Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Hideki Matsuyama, and Daniel Berger. So that gets you down to six already. Well, it's interesting. I think all six of those players really ought to have a great shot this week. And Dave, will uh, get you on the other side here in just a moment to find out exactly how you whittled it down and came up with Bryson DeChambeau. You also, one of your latest winners that you tipped in your Betfair column was Stuart Sink. And you talked about how he does so well the week after a major. I want to get your thoughts on Stuart Sink here this week momentarily as well. This is Long Shots right here on VEASAN.com, the world world's number one rated golf betting show, Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you talking with our man, Dave Tyndall from Betfair and William Hill out of the UK and Dave going through your 10 year trends piece. This is a column you do for every major and you'd whittled down some of the criteria there. You mentioned the six golfers that you're left with. Please carry on my friend. Yeah, uh, so another factor is that it's not often you get repeat winners in this tournament. You've, you've got a few like Kepka, Rory, and Tiger, but they're the only ones I can find since 2004. So if you're looking at a repeat winner, that knocks Justin Thomas out. Um, the major that's won early is another heading I've got. So you've got to win this one quick. Say at Augusta, you had Hideki winning on his 10th start, I think. It took Phil Mickelson so many times to win at Augusta. This one, this US PGA, you've got to win it early. So I found that um, nine of the last 10 had played the event between zero and five times. 
that kind of brings in first-time winners such as Morikawa, Keegan Bradley won as well. So that immediately knocks out Matsuyama. Um, that knocks out Berger, who's played it six times. So the two who played it between naught and five times who were left standing, Deschambeau and Hovland. So you've got to get that down to one. So one other final factor, eight of the last 10 had played in the event and registered a top 20 previously. Now, Hovland hasn't done that. I think he was 33rd on his only start. Deschambeau has a fourth in this event. And so we're left with Bryson. Bryson, the biggest sitter on the on the longest course we've ever seen in a major. Well, I can't disagree with it. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he's also played uh, Pete Dye designs very well. They talk about uh, maybe the uh, chink in the armor for Bryson will be if the wind kicks up. But uh, that we're not seeing that in the forecast just yet anyway, Dave. So, uh, you know... Whether you're on the trends or not, I think Bryson is a pretty good choice. We'll see if that uh, comes to fruition there. I mentioned Stuart Sink, and he's in the neighborhood of 200 to 1. What a resurgence he's had in his career. He's already won twice this year. Of course, you nailed him at Harbortown there. A great pick there and some great research that you did to see how he performed the week after a major. Of course, that came after the Masters. What about Stuart Sink? Can he compete at this track? Well, we, we're back in next week, right? Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <This week. laughs> yeah, um, I think he can. I think it's, um, you know, he's won an Open before. Um, and not just that, he's, he's played well in other Opens around the sort of top 20, 25 mark. I think he was tied 20th at Port Rush last time. Um, two win seasons, sink. I think it's a bit of a fairy tale for him to win this week, but I think he he's someone who could land you a top 10, top 20 bet possibly. And Dave, let's go back to the top of the odds board, though, and let's go to Rory McIlroy, who never really kind of caught the drift where we got him in the 20s and whatnot after his disappointing performance at Augusta because his next two courses were places he's won before, obviously, this week at Kiwa Island in 2012, and then, of course, twice at the Wells Fargo, and he's now made it three times winning there at the Wells Fargo. It's kind of like when you get one of these elite players, even if they're a little bit out of form, they're never really too far away from winning, and Rory got back back into the winner's circle. Are you buying on Rory McIlroy or is it just kind of the timing of the schedule really worked out for him and he was able to get that win at a place where he won before where he didn't hit a lot of fairways but did very well on approach and did very well scrambling that week? Yeah, I mean, he's put some old irons back into his bag, so that's given him another layer of confidence. But, yeah, I mean, it's the perfect converging trends, isn't it? He comes in off a win to a course where he demolished the field last time. I'm just a little bit suspicious that this is full-blown Rory we're seeing again. I think he's he's got the win, which um, which was. Did we lose Dave there? Looks like we lost Dave for just a moment. We'll get him back and continue with Dave Tyndall, of course, a great writer for Betfair and William Hill in the UK. Uh, he was going on there about Rory McIlroy, uh, Wes, and and I think you and I kind of share those sentiments that. You know, of course, he went to a familiar place. He got the win. But I don't know if he's going to pull that trick off twice in a row here. I, I, I'm not. Ne- and, and the price has come down so mm-hmm. low, too. I'm not necessarily real high on. I don't think he's going to fail this week. But uh, I tell you what, I, I don't know if I'd even bet him on a top 10. You weren't really going to get a bargain with him anyway, being that he was the last major championship winner here at Kiwa Island, albeit nine years ago in 2012. But you weren't going to get kind of the drift that you needed, I think, to get him on the form when 
you know, maybe at 20 to one or above, then maybe you take a stab with them. We know he has success on Pete Dye courses, but I don't know if I'm necessarily a buyer just yet. And and like Dave was just saying, I don't know if he's back to really being that old Rory just quite yet. All right. We do have Mr. Tyndall back and Dave, uh, thank you for joining us once again. Let's go to another player that's at the top of the odds board. And that is Justin Thomas. Of course, he won on a Pete Dye course not too long ago, the players championship at TPC Sawgrass, but really ever since then, we kind of saw him get into a little bit of a funk. He never really fired on the weekend at Augusta. He putted horribly at the Valspar Championship a couple of weeks ago. What are your thoughts on JT? Is the course and the timing right for him this week? Yeah, I think initially I was a bit negative on him until I saw the weather forecast. I think if it was really windy by the coast, I don't think that's his ideal conditions. Then I had a look at another course that but, um, I mean, you look at that leaderboard from 2012 and you, and you kind of think, well, how did we get that? But what, what told us that? And looking back, a lot of those players had played well at La Golf National a couple of weeks before. David Lynn, I think, was top four. Rose and Poulter had played it well. GMAC had played it well. Um, so I kind of had to think about that because JT was the only guy of the Americans who came over to play the Golf National ahead of the Ryder Cup there, and he finished, I think, 10th. And then, of course, he was the top points scorer for the Golf National. So I think that's a that's quite a good little hint that he, he might like that course. I mean, it, it's a bit in – there's no complete similarities, but I think both would be described as sort of links-ish rather than pure links. So it's certainly a course where players who've played well there before – um, went on to play well at Kiwa. So that I, th- I just think that bumps up JT a little bit more than originally I thought with him. And yeah, like you said, there are some doubts about him, but such a quality player. And obviously this is a special event for him. Um, th- this one, it was his first major, the connections with his, with his dad. So I, 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 I he's, he's one who I would be looking to, yeah, certainly be on my side. I wouldn't oppose him. Dave, another top player here, including the number one player in the world, Dustin Johnson. Haven't quite gotten to the 20s yet, but he's drifted up to 18-1. to I know he said he had a knee injury last week in Dallas. I don't want to doubt his veracity or his sincerity, but I wonder if maybe he thought, eh, it's going to rain here this week. It's kind of going to be, you know, just a a pick and place type of event and going to be really low scoring, maybe not the best preparation for this. So maybe just begged off to go ahead and stay in his home state of South Carolina, not in great form. He does have a win this year and Saudi Arabia. That was part of your trends piece that we talked about earlier at Betfair, where you can read that, but hasn't had a top 10 since February, since the Genesis invitational, still the number one player in the world drifted up to 18 to one. Is he worth a stab or would you need a little bit more drift? to go ahead and uh, go on DJ here. No, I, I think that drift is, is, is fine because, you know, a couple of weeks ago he would have been favorite to win this and suddenly he's down fifth or sixth favorite. And that seems a bit crazy on, on the limited evidence of, of a couple of bad events and, and a knee injury that might not be the full, you know, might, as you say, um, might not be, uh, it's, put it this way, it's not Brooks Kepka's knee injury. Right. It? It's, I think it's um, less serious than that. So you look at DJ, yeah, he won in Saudi Arabia on uh, Paspalum Greens, which we've got this week. He's played really well at Whistling Straits, another Pete Dye coast, long course by the coast. Should have won there, shouldn't he, in 2010. And then he played well again, top seven in 2015. 
He's got second in, a, in an open championship, played well in Hawaii. I think DJ's got it all there in terms of this is a really good course for him. It's just whether his form is sharp enough. But I think it's a mistake, isn't it, to, 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 to hone in too close and go, well, he's not played well for two weeks, therefore. Right. You know, I think if you take a broader look and, and think these players can quickly bounce back, quickly get it going again. And, and I think DJ has drifted to a, to a price that's more than acceptable. Dave, how about any players deeper down the board? Anybody that you're keen on as a longer shot or maybe anybody even into the triple digits? Yeah, kind of the mid-range shots. Um, the, again, we're looking at, at um, that leaderboard from 2012, all the Europeans. I've obviously, uh, you know, maybe got a, a bit of a vested interest as, a, as a, an Englishman. So, But I did, um, I did think Tommy Fleetwood and Tyrrell Hatton are very suited to this course. Um, mentioned that link to the Golf National where Tommy Fleetwood has won there before. Obviously, he grew up by the links playing Southport, went very close to winning at Royal Port Rush uh, to Shane Lowry, had a really good effort at Shinnecock, as did Hatton, which was another, you know, course by, by the coast in a, in a major. So I think those two are kind of mid range, 45, 50 to 1. I think those two really could play well this week. And I, I think they're a little bit overpriced. I mean, Hatton is the world number nine. And he's he's been written off, I think, because he, he's, he ticks all those trends I went through. He he meets most of those. He's in his 20s. He's, he's won on American soil. He's not going to win in America this season, but he did win in Abu Dhabi. So he's he's got that. I just think he's got a really good profile, um, Tyrrell Hatton. And... You know, tied 18th at the Masters. Some people will say, well, that's not great. But for him, it, it is great because his record there, you know, was terrible. So I think that was a little bit of a breakthrough for Tyrrell Hatton. He's played well in majors before. I, I think he's a, he's a nice price. Dave, I'm not sure how many wagers you do in terms of matchups or three balls or whatnot, but any players this week that maybe you're targeting to kind of pick on or go against maybe somebody out of form or somebody that you don't think is going to fit in here at Key Island? It's hard to rule him out, but I think there's a few negatives about John Rahm this week. It was obviously, in matchups, he's going to be pitted against somebody very, very good. Um, so you've got that in your favor. But I just think with Rahm, you know, he was top tenning everywhere he played for so many months, and now he's suddenly gone off the boil a little bit. Hints are that his new clubs, they're not quite there. He's a new dad. He's getting used to all that as well, which may be beneficial down the line, but maybe in the short term, you know, could be affecting him. And he, the, just before I came on here, actually, I was reading an, an interview um, that he'd it, it, it come into the press centre. And it sounds, I don't know, he just sounds a little bit negative. He's saying how long the course is, and he's having to hit all these longer clubs in. It just, I don't know, he sounds like he's seeing the negatives rather than saying, I love the course. So just a little bit down on John Rahm, which could be dangerous. But as I say, he'd be, he'd be put up against another top, top guy. So I would take him on. Dave, you always write some. You always write some great pieces about derivative markets uh, for all the majors, top European, uh, top former champion, and you usually have a piece in Betfair as well for first round leader. Any other bets that you have in some of these derivative markets for the PGA? I do. I do like Robert McIntyre, the Scot. I think he's one to keep an eye on this week. He he was t- tied twelfth at the Masters. He was uh, sixth at the Open Championship, Royal Port Rush. 
We've just seen him come eighth in the British Masters last week. He's got into the world's top 50, Robert McIntyre. So I would look to play him in some side markets. He could go uh, top 20, even top 10, top left-hander um, could be one to look at. He's got, you know, there's, there's a few rivals there. Bubba might go well, but but um, I think Garrick Higo is another really informed in guy, but it's asking a lot for Higo to play so well um, first time in a, in a major. So I think McIntyre would be someone I'd be looking to pick in match bets and side markets, yeah. All right, Dave, we'll uh, put you on the spot here. We're not going to ask you to pick a winner, but we'll give you a foursome. If you had four choices to uh, go to the window with for the PGA Championship, who would be your top four choices to hoist the Wanamaker Trophy? Yeah, so I've got to stick with Bryson, haven't I? He's come out on the trends, and um, I do think the, the weather forecast being not too extreme, I think that does help. So Bryson is one of my four. Uh, the two English guys I've mentioned, Tyrrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood, I think they have to go in. I think they've got both got big chances this week. I think the fourth one I've not mentioned so far would be Xander Schaffele. Um, Just so good in the majors, isn't he? He's, he's, you know, I think he's got eight top tens in 15 majors. Now, if you look where he's he's performed in in some of those majors, it's by the coast, third at Pebble. He's done well at Shinnecock. He was runner-up at Carnoustie in 2018. I think he likes a, a long course where he can unleash the driver. So Shuffle, and we we saw him contend at the Masters as well. The Shuffle, I think, has got a big chance this week. So he'd be my other one. So two Americans and two Englishmen. Dave, uh, any lingering effects from what Shuffle did at the 16th hole at Augusta? I mean, the interview after the round, he seemed to you know be able to shrug it off pretty well. He's such he's a great kid. It seems like with a great positive attitude. Um, but do you think maybe that is haunting him a little bit? No, I, I wouldn't dwell too much on that. I think um, you know you, you've got to take the positives from that week. He was the only one who really had a shot at, at reeling in Matsuyama, and I think he's a he's a positive guy. Uh, so, yeah, I would just say it's it's more money in the bank. It's another step closer to winning that, that first major. And hopefully you realize that if you're an American and you're in your 20s, this is the place to do it. All right. Very good. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us, Dave. We appreciate it. You enjoy the PGA Championship. And uh, we'll talk to you next year, I guess, on long shots when uh, the next major rolls around. Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank All right, you, that is Dave Tyndall. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Dave Tyndall Golf and check out his articles at Betfair. I, I read his stuff each and every week. He's one I of the do best. As well, absolutely. So uh, very comprehensive trends piece, and really it makes a lot of sense if you're trying to narrow this field down. All right, we'll come back and we will be joined by Jeff Davis. We go to the other side of the counter, an odds maker here locally at Circa Sports. Jeff is a great golf handicapper, one of the best golf odds makers in the country. He will join us next as we roll on right here on Long Shots on VSIN, the sports betting network. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. 
My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans with you. And because it's a major championship week, we double up on the guests. So we continue with the member guest segment. And for that, we bring in Jeff Davis. He is uh, part of the crew behind the counter at Circa Sports, one of the top golf odds makers in the world. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore junkyard. And Jeff, thank you very much for joining the program. Before we get into uh, who you like and a number of other things about this PGA championship, I want to first get your handicap about this golf course and this championship. How did you kind of wrap your head around it? What skill sets did you lean on? It's a course that we haven't seen in a decade or so. How did you figure out maybe a formula to come up with who might have success here at Kiowa? So I spent the last couple of days looking at the flyovers a few times, and there's some really good ones available. And one of the first things that stood out to me was how difficult the green complexes are and the areas immediately around them. Uh, There are a lot of domed greens. There are a lot of plateaued greens, uh, shaved runoffs. With the wind blowing off the ocean, it's going to be very difficult uh, to get the ball where you want it with these long approach shots, uh, but you're just going to miss guys. are just going to miss the greens this week. So I'm looking at uh, world-class iron players with a good short game. Uh, the fairways are wide. The rough doesn't seem to be too penal. So I, I'm not sure off the tee is going to make quite as much of a difference as it does in other weeks. So uh, yeah, uh, good iron players with a good uh, ability to get up and down. And, Jeff, one of the features on this golf course this week is, of course, 
a rare green surface. Pespalum greens is what we're going to see here. So the Pespalum truthers are out there. So you're looking at everybody's looking at the results of the Mayacoba or the Puerto Rico Open, albeit way downfield from what you get into a major championship. So you've seen a guy like Victor Hovland, who's obviously not only in good form, but his two PGA Tour wins are on a similar green surface. So he's been getting hit a lot in the market. He was in the mid 30s. Now he's in the low 20s at a lot of shops, I think, including at Circa. Have you seen any uh, anything notable in terms of maybe some guys that have been hit a little bit? And you don't have to be specific with ticket count or money count or anything like that. But who have you seen some action on so far? Yeah, to your point on Hovland, he's a guy that fits the world-class iron player. He hits the ball as good as anyone. I'm skeptical whether or not his short game is good enough at a place like this at the price he's at now, probably a bit too short. Uh, One of the guys that we've seen a pretty big move on really fits that short game bill is Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, You know, I've seen him as high as 80, 85, 90 over the past few weeks. Uh, I believe he's down into the 50s now at Circa. He's been popular at the window. Uh, Another guy that's been really popular at the window, Abe Answer. Uh, He was, again, like Fitzpatrick, 80 to 90 to 1 over the last few weeks. He's down into the 50s. That price has gotten to the point where it feels a little bit too short for me. Uh, He's over 100 career starts, yet to get it done. Can he contend? Absolutely. He's kind of a top 20 machine crossing the finish line first. I'm not sure. But, yeah, those two guys have uh, seen really big moves. Jeff, what's the uh, wagering handle been like to this point? How do you expect it uh, by the time the tournament starts on Thursday? And are there a couple players you're really not seeing much action on at all? You're a little bit surprised that, hey, these guys aren't drawing any bets. Well, the handle has been fantastic. Uh, Over at Circa, we deal such an aggressive hold percentage that when you take a bet and you move a guy down, you're giving it back in the market somewhere. Mm-hmm. So inevitably, 10 minutes later, somebody else is coming in on a, with a bet because we probably have the best number on guys. Uh, one guy that has seen almost zero interest to this point is Bryson DeChambeau. Mm. Uh, he's up. Uh, when I left the office a couple hours ago, uh, we were dealing 19 and a half to one. Uh, still no takers. And I, I wonder how much of it has to do with this overall lack of rough. DeChambeau, with every club in the bag being as long as a five iron, he can generate so much more club head speed with his wedges versus everybody else on tour. So when he hits the ball in the rough, uh, it just doesn't affect him as much. And it's such a huge advantage for him. And I don't know if that plays into it at all. But yeah, almost no interest on Bryson. Jeff, just about 15 seconds here. Do you like Bryson's chances this week? I mean, he's hard to discount because he's Bryson, but I don't care for a short game, really. All right, very good. Well, we will hold Jeff over for another segment here and get some of his personal picks. We'll tell him to put his handicapper hat on and put the bookmaker hat aside for a moment when we come back on the other side right here on Long Shots on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
We continue here on Long Shots with our guest Jeff Davis, the golf odds maker over at Circa Sports. Also a pretty darn sharp hockey guy. Check out Jeff as the Stanley Cup playoffs are underway now. And Jeff, I want to get into some of your plays. Who is in your portfolio this week for the PGA Championship? Who did you land on as far as maybe some of the favorites, the longer shots, and a few mid-price guys as well? So, you know, like we talked about, guys having prices being up for a while and prices being different. So many of my bets this week are at prices that don't exist anymore. So this week, uh, one guy really jumped out at me. Uh, That guy's Webb Simpson, Uh, incredible uh, iron player. One of the best short games around Uh, really has a lot of value for par. Doesn't make a lot of bogeys. Doesn't make a lot of big numbers. Uh, Incredible success on Pete Dye courses. He's won at Sawgrass. He's won at Hilton Head. A 50 to one feels really rich to me. Uh, I, I had a bet on that yesterday. Uh, it probably is still available. I think we were at 41 uh, at Circa, but I want to say there's some 50s out there. Uh, he hasn't been near the top of the leaderboard in the last couple of weeks. He withdrew, so he kind of kind of seems to me like he's the guy that's been forgotten a bit. Mm. So uh, Webb Simpson is my number one play on the board given the current prices. Nice. Jeff, in terms of maybe some guys you're looking to go against or maybe some guys at least that are shorter on the odds board that you're not necessarily too keen on. You said you weren't drawing action really down there at Circa on Bryson. But you look at some of these guys, Rory, now the tournament favorite, DJ's drifted up maybe on the basis of the form and then the injury or what might have been the injury in Dallas, maybe just didn't want to play. Any of these guys kind of shorter in those top 10 choices that you're not very high on this week? Well, Bryson is the first one, and again, it all goes back to the lack of rough and me not really being confident in a short game at all. And when you're playing against Bryson, you're getting to pick the best guys there is. Uh, I'd play to match up uh, Xander Shoffley minus five uh, over Bryson. Xander's game fits here so well. Another guy with uh, plays great irons, and his short game is uh, world-class. I don't necessarily like him on the win end. Another guy that kind of seems allergic to winning but is priced like he wins pretty regularly. Uh, I only have him in the matchup market. Uh, Obviously, uh, top 10s and top 20s would be good uh, on Xander as well. Uh, Another guy, uh, you mentioned DJ. I find it interesting when these guys fall out of a little bit of form and drift. I mean, you take a look at last year, you come out of the COVID break, uh, he missed the cut at Colonial, a nondescript top 20 at Heritage. He goes to 28-30 to 1 at the board of Travelers. He shoots 61 on Saturday. He blitzes the field. Yes. So if DJ gets to 19 or 20 this week, I, I think he's a must bet. I mean, two months ago, he's 6 or 7 in every tournament he plays. And when DJ's on and the game is right, he is the best player in the world. And, you know, I, I don't make a lot of the short-term, short-term form stuff. So... Yeah, he's a guy that uh, I just think that is drifted, getting to the point of too far. Are you going to hit 20 to 1 on DJ or not? Is that out of the question? No, absolutely not. Okay. There's no chance that <laughs> at Circus Sports, the Dustin Johnson price will start with a two. No chance. So we have to start with a second option yeah. now because I absolutely agree <laughs> that he's starting to kind of drift a little bit far right now. Yeah, we were hoping you yeah, would go to I mean, 20. We were hoping you'd get, go to 20, Jeff, so we could bet DJ. 
I actually was thinking when I left the office yesterday, I was thinking I might have to go to 60 to get a bet on Brooks Kepka. Yeah. But uh, they started betting him today. Uh, we took some 56 to one and I did some 52 to one. So there gets to a point on all of these guys that fall out of form that, again, you're betting him to win. You're not betting him in the matchup. So if a guy like Kepka, yeah, his knee might be in a lot of pain. He might miss the cut, but we all know if Kepka's hanging around in the lead on coming into Saturday, he's going to be interested and you're going to get an effort. So in the win market, you find these guys that drift at some of the best, best bets out there. Hey, you mentioned uh, Xander Shoffley. That's been one of my favorite guys. Now I'm, I'm even getting annoyed with uh, Shoffley and uh, him coming up short in these majors. Tony Finau has been a popular guy with the betting public as well. He's got eight top tens in his last 12 majors. You're probably better off betting Shoffley top 10 at about two to one or Finau top 10 at about three to one. But are you still seeing interest in those guys, even though uh, they don't get to the winner's circle in majors, guys like Shoffley and Tony Finau? You know, Finau I thought was a little interesting this week, especially in matchups. His lone win, if you want to call it that, is on the Pespalum surface how many ever years ago. And he's just a top 20 machine. And, uh, you know, do I want him to win? Probably not. He's probably not going to get it done. But he's a guy that plays well on these difficult courses. He's, you know, he's shown some affinity to the past Palum. So I couldn't get in the way of anybody uh, that's interested in Tony Finau this week. And again, Shoffley, uh, like we talked about, I'd be happy to play Shoffley in a matchup against just about anyone this week. He's probably going to go well. Uh, everything I've seen about this course uh, correlates to his game. And, and yeah, that's. Uh, I would assume Shopley's around on uh, Sunday. Jeff, what is your level of interest in Jordan Spieth? You talked about at the top of the segment uh, liking guys that have good iron play with a great short game. And uh, since really about Super Bowl weekend, Jordan Spieth has absolutely fit that mold back in that form of great iron play. And we know about his short game. It's always been there. Uh, We've seen him bounce around quite a bit as far as the odds. I'm seeing anywhere from 14 to 19 or so. Are you liking Jordan Spieth's chances this week? I think he's priced about right. Uh, his short game is incredible, and it fits the bill here. I wonder if it's the course is just a bit too long for him. That being said, I wouldn't stand in the way of anybody that wants to bet Spieth at you know, 18, 19 to 1 this week. It makes complete sense. Uh, he's not for me, but again, uh, the guy can win anywhere. We've seen it over the course of his career, and he's as hot as anyone, so yeah, 18, 19 to 1 makes sense to me this week. Wes had a very interesting uh, stat about strokes gained on Pete Dye designs, and I was looking at Abraham Answer as a guy I was thinking about playing anyway. I went ahead and played it, and I played Joaquin Neiman, too. Uh, guys in that range, do you like or dislike those two guys in this tournament and anything else in that range you're looking at? Because I was looking at Australian players as well, Jeff, guys who can handle the win. Mark Leishman, Adam Scott, Cameron Smith, guys like that. Any of those guys you would uh, play on or against this week? Yeah, I, I briefly mentioned answer earlier. Uh, I think in all matchups in any type of derivative market, uh, he makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's, again, a guy that doesn't miss many cuts. Uh, always in the – he's a top 20 machine. He doesn't win. He's 0 for 115 or so. So I don't think I could play him to win. But, again, I, I think he'll be competitive and uh, – he really should he makes sense in a lot of matchups 
Joaquin Neiman's a guy that I really can't get a handle on. I don't know what to expect to him of him at all. Uh, I've seen anywhere from 50 to 70 to one out there on him. Uh, I'm completely avoiding him on or against. I have no idea. Uh, one guy, I mean, he's, it's a little bit out there, but I just thought I would bring it up. Jeffy, Jeff, I, I will get the rest of your answer at our PGA draft a little, a little later this evening, my friend. Thank you so much. We got to run. We'll be right back with our plays on the match play segment. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is time for the match play segment here on Long Shots where we go over all of our plays for the PGA Championship. And as per usual, we will start with our colleague Matt Eumanns' plays. Now for the majors, of course, he joins us in studio. Good to have you along for the ride. Now you tipped your hand a little bit there, Matt. Mm -hmm. I think you're on Abe Answer and Joaquin Neiman and Adam Scott as well. Anything else that you've added to hoist the Wanamaker Trophy? Yeah, you can um, you can mock me on uh, Friday afternoon if Adam Scott stinks because I, I said <laughs> after the Masters I was never going to bet this guy again. I'm done. I'm done. That's it. And then I see triple digits on Adam Scott. And I say I, I can't resist. I took him at 102 to one. Jeff Davis at Circuit respected my money so much he raised him to 110 to one. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, I've got Justin Thomas at 16 to one. Other group of favorites. I like JT. I think his game really fits his course. And uh, you know, since he won the Players. He hasn't been in great form, but it's not like he's been playing poorly. I think that fade after the rain delay at the Masters uh, was really mysterious. I think he's going to bounce back here and play well. He won the PGA in 2017 at Quail Hollow. I like JT. That's one of my guys anyway. Cameron Smith, talking about the Australians, guys who can play well in the wind. 
Cam Smith has played well at the Masters, too. And uh, I think Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman, Adam Scott, that group of Australians, somebody's going to bust out of there and contend this week. I went ahead and played all three. Cameron Smith at about 50-1, to one, Leishman 73-1, to one, and Adam Scott, I said, are triple digits. Abraham Answer, uh, believe it or not, top fives in his last two starts. Jeff just talked about it. He doesn't find a winner's circle. But I don't think you have to be a big hitter to win this week. It's, it's going to be a lot about strokes gained, uh, approach to the green, and things like that. And Answer ranks number two in driving accuracy. And to, a lot of times I think dry, driving accuracy means more than driving distance. So I'm going to play Answer. I think he's trending in the right direction as well. And Joaquin Neiman, 18 consecutive made cuts. That's the longest streak on tour. Uh, there's a lot about Neiman. I do like, since he had those two runner-ups in Hawaii to start 2021, I think expectations got pretty high. He hasn't really met him since, but Neiman's a guy who's a 22-year-old, believe it or not, 22 years old from Chile, extremely talented. I think he's going to break through and win uh, very soon, so I went ahead and played him at a big number two. So uh, answer also, I played the matchup over Corey Connors. Uh, Answer and Neiman are two guys I'm looking Looking at to play very well this week. I, it looks like uh, maybe Davis did respect your money on that bet. I think I've seen answer at a higher number there in that head-to-head matchup now over Corey Connors. Wes, how about yourself? Yeah, a couple guys in the teens here. I did go with John Rahm at 15-1, to and Matt can mock me after I mock him on Adam Scott and mock <laughs> me on John Rahm because I keep betting him every major hasn't gotten there yet. And look, he has not been in very good form this year by his standards, being that he won 12 events over the previous four years, but three top five, seven top tens already in 2021. I, I always say, and we said it about Rory in terms of the Wells Fargo, you're never too off, far off from winning when you're an elite player and I think Rom fits into that DeChambeau who we talked about with Jeff Davis now where they have him at plus 1950 I just think that's a little high of a drift I know that I think in strokes again short game over the last 24 rounds he ranks 30th in this field but he ranks tops in terms of proximity from 200 yards obviously strokes gained off the tee so look DeChambeau is a guy who's been disappointing lately but I you think- know you what what you talk about Bay Hill where uh DeChambeau just won and the stat there is there's more 200-plus yard approach shots mm-hmm. at Bay Hill. You're going to see a lot of that length approach shots Absolutely. this week as well, right? Absolutely, especially when you get to the back nine when the wind is likely going to be a headwind there. Victor Hovland, I originally grabbed at 33s, now in the low 20s, so that price was a couple weeks ago I gave out on this show. Two consecutive thirds at the Valspar and the Wells Fargo gained almost nine strokes tee to green in both of those tournaments on the field. And really, you kind of see a theme with a lot of the guys I played. I played a lot of young guns, like we talked about with Dave Tyndall. Eight of the last 10 PGA Championship winners are 29 or younger, have all been in their 20s. Only, I think, Jimmy Walker and Jason Duffner were the outliers over the last 10 years. So this is a young gun type of major. Victor Hovland, of course, has one on this surface before weaker fields in Puerto Rico and Mexico but I don't think the form can be dismissed and very good on the seaside blustery courses Scotty Scheffler 50 to 1 not a lot of tremendous form but he was second on a Pete Dye at the Dell match play in Austin Country Club finished fifth at the workday so he's shown up a little bit recently in big events Scotty Scheffler 50 to 1 did have to go with one Englishman Terrell Hatton 55 to 1 already won this year over Rory at Abu Dhabi 
uh, has been very good on these kind of peat dye designs, especially the ones by the coast. So Hatton at 55, Willie Z, 65 to 1. Young guy. I don't know if he's ready yet to win a major, but I thought the price was pretty square. Plays very well on coastal-type courses. Seventh earlier this year at Torrey Pines. A bunch of top fives last year in Bahamas and the Dominican in terms of coastal courses. Neiman, I'm with Matt, 70-1. to Fifth on the tour in driving distance. Ten strokes aimed off the tee. Has a couple top five finishes at Die Designs in recent years at Harbortown, at River Highlands. So back-to-back in Hawaii, and I think that's an important point Matt brought up because you get some wind on those courses. So you get exposed, coastal courses. So Neiman can go well. And then my longer shot was Jason Kokrak at 125, a guy that's a pretty big hitter strokes gained off the tee and a very sneaky good putter 15th over the course of the last 24 rounds top 25 and strokes gained overall also ball striking which is off the tee plus approach just a few weeks removed where he had uh, three consecutive top 10 finishes on the floor to swing so at that big of a price I thought it was good but by and large what you're looking for is class here because I think it was like eight of the last 10 or nine of the last 10 have been top 25 in the world golf rankings yeah uh, nine of the last 10 have been in the top 50 and eight of the last 10 right. have been in the top 25 right yeah, that was part of Dave's uh, what we talked about with Dave Tyndall, that trends piece, which, of course, led him to Bryson DeChambeau, and I'm also on him as well. I think and, you two are spending too much time together. You're like an old married couple who's starting to think alike. You guys are sharing <laughs> a brain this week. You have a lot of common selections. I noticed and Well, you spread, know, we've got some of the same as you, too. Uh, I know some points spread weekly this week. You and Wes had three common selections. Oh, wow. That's the first time that's happened. Well, maybe we are spending too much time together. <laughs> we got, need a break. You've got some uh, matchups there as well, Wes. We'll get to those and then uh, do my plays. I saw you're on uh, Matt's guy, Justin Thomas, there. Yeah, over Jordan Spieth. I, this course may be too big for him, but the market is very much betting him. McIntyre over Higo. I like Garrick Higo. I did hit him in the Canary Islands on the European Tour, but first major championship for this guy, Bobby Mack. Going to be Mack. a big stage, right? Bobby Mack has been, uh, did very well at the Masters and obviously a guy that could play kind of a Lynxian course. And then Matt Kuchar over Lee Westwood. I almost played Kuchar at a very long price here, but I don't know if he's got enough to win, but I think he's got enough to contend. You know, I'm asking quickly about that JT price over speed. JT minus 135. I saw two guys on Golf Digest this week, Daniel Rappaport and Stephen Hennessy, both say they rank speed number one in this field. Do you were you surprised to see JT that much of a favorite over Spieth? You know, not really. Okay. I think it's because this course could be long for Spieth. Spieth is getting some run on the futures market just because the form is probably better than anybody else's in the world. But his irons are going to have to be so pinpoint on a 7,800-yard course. I thought it was a little expensive, Matt. I, I, I would say maybe JT at minus 125 or 20. Uh, Jordan Spieth, of course, has a British Open to his credit. So he knows how to play in the wind. He knows how to scramble. I think that game will translate here at this course. I like both of those guys and I I certainly didn't get involved with that matchup. As far as my outrights, I did drink the Kool-Aid on Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, I thought I grabbed him at 14 to one because I didn't think he would get any higher. Now Jeff Davis is telling me he got all the way up to 19. So bad number there. Got a good number on Victor Hovland. We know the story there. Red hot player has a couple of wins on past Palum greens. I did add Terrell Hatton this week. Uh, He also has been very good uh, on past Palum greens in the Saudi Invitational when Dustin Johnson won back in January. Hatton was coming off of a victory at Abu Dhabi, finished sixth over there. And Dave Tyndall talked about it. The 18 
18th at the Masters. That doesn't mm-hmm. sound too sexy, but Hatton has struggled his whole career with Augusta National, and that was a big breakthrough. So uh, this guy's played very well at Pete Dye courses, TPC Sawgrass, and the RBC Heritage. So I thought he made a lot of sense. Of course, we see the Europeans that have littered this year, uh, this leaderboard at Kiowa in the past. Abraham Answer, we share that one. I got a great number there at 80 to 1. Uh, Brian Harmon has been a Pete Dye specialist. If, if the irons can fire for Brian Harmon this week, we know he has the short game. You know, and I'm kind of with Jeff Davis. I backed off a little bit on how these guys perform off the tee, and I went with more with iron play and short game. Now, Bubba Watson, we know he's big off of the tee, but his iron play has been very good as of late. Shane Lowry's a magician around the greens and, of course, has European history, a British Open credit, uh, or a British Open win to his credit, and he's performed very well on long courses in the past. Keegan Bradley, I really got a ridiculous number there. This guy has been absolutely red hot the past few weeks. Now, and what's Mm -hmm. weird about Keegan Bradley, you guys, is all of a sudden his short game has come around. Mm -hmm. We know he can drive the ball and hit the irons very well, but the short game has been looking good as well. And then Ryan Palmer, another pretty big number there at 250 to 1. I just think he is a PGA Championship type player. Had the best couple years of his career in the last couple years on the PGA Tour. So took a nibble with him. And then the matchups, Hovland over Matt. McElroy, Daniel Berger, two matchups with Daniel Berger. I think he's going to do really well this week. I've got him for a top 10 finish as well. Berger over Rom and Berger over Scotty Scheffler. I'm sorry about fading Scheffler on you there, Wes. Well, and I had Berger last week in Dallas. He didn't show up until Sunday when he finished tied for third, so certainly coming in on good form. All right, that is going to do it for another edition of Long Shots. Enjoy the PGA Championship. I can't wait to watch this golf course. I think is going to really be a scenic marvel. Next week, we have a great stretch of golf coming up here. Of course, you've got the PGA Championship, and then we go to Colonial Country Club. Paul Stone will be our guest to help break it down. That is followed by the Memorial. Will Gray of NBC Golf Coverage will join us uh, to break down the Memorial as well. And then guess what, guys? We're only a month away from the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Have a great week watching the PGA Championship and do it with VSIN, the sports betting network. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.